cardiac section 1, 7 of 17, preload in the Frank Starling mechanism. The functional unit of the heart is the sarcomere. The sarcomere is the functional unit of the contractile tissue in the heart. The amount of tension that each sarcomere can generate is directly related to the number of cross bridges that can be formed prior to contraction. The greater the tension produced, the greater the force of contraction. Under stretch, there is no room for contraction. Optimally stretched, overstretched cross bridges cannot form. Preload. Preload is the ventricular wall tension at the end of diastole just before contraction. Another way to think of tension is stretch or tightness. Think about a rubber band. The more you stretch it, the greater the snap after the tension is released. Stretching too far defeats the mechanism. While preload is not exactly synonymous with ventricular and diastolic volume, you'll often find these terms used interchangeably. There is a large list of factors that influence preload. Try to reason how each of these affects preload. Blood volume, atrial kick, venous tone, intrapericardial pressure, intrathoracic pressure, body position, skeletal muscle pumping action. Ventricular function curve. The left ventricular function curve illustrates the relationship between ventricular volume and ventricular output. This is also known as the Frank Starling mechanism. An increased ventricular volume results in a larger cardiac output. This occurs up to the plateau, after which additional volume overstretch, the ventricular sarcomeres decreases the number of cross bridges that can be formed and decreases cardiac output. Since we cannot measure ventricular volume without a TEE, we commonly use filling pressures as a surrogate. This isn't without limitations. Review the cardiovascular equipment tutorial for a greater detail on the topic. Contractility is the ability of the myocardial sarcomeres to perform work, shorten and produce force. It is dependent, it is independent of preload and afterload. On the graph, you should notice that increased contractility increases ventricular output, even if preload remains the same. The opposite is also true. Contractility is affected by chemicals. We'll explore this more in the next topic. Notice that there are a number of terms that can be used to name the X and the Y axis. The NCE likes to test your vocabulary, so you'll need to know all of them. X-axis has uh, filling pressures as CVP, PAD, PAOP, LAP, LVEDP, and end diastolic volume is right ventricular EDV, left ventricular EDV. For the Y-axis ventricular output, we have cardiac output, stroke volume, left ventricular SW, right ventricular SW. Conditions that affect the ventricular loading. Atrial contraction or atrial kick contributes 20 to 30% of the final left ventricular and diastolic volume and by extension, cardiac output. Think of atrial kick as priming the pump. Atrial kick is lost in the patient with AFib. Cardiac output typically declines as a result. The non-compliant ventricle is stiff, so it is more dependent on a well-timed atrial kick to generate a sufficient stroke volume. The extra pressure generated by the atrial kick helps prime a stiff ventricle. Conditions associated with reduced myocardial compliance include myocardial hypertrophy, fibrosis, and aging. These patients are more likely to experience a reduction in cardiac output with cardiac rhythm disturbance such as junctional rhythm and AFib.